Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Today is February 15th, 2021. It's amazing. We're more than halfway through the month, which is exciting for me uh, because I uh, put in a challenge to not drink anything with any calories for the month. And it has been, it has been uh, certainly, certainly a uh, challenge. And I am, I am, I am through with uh, February for sure. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully everybody's doing good out there. And uh, this is what makes us stronger, right? And Natalie, when we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations, for sure. So yesterday I had to drink some Gatorade. My uh, sister thought I was, I had a little bit of a, a minor fainting uh, 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 you know, spell. So she said, you should put some electrolytes in your body. Clearly something is not right here. So a minor one, a minor one. So, all right, well, here, we're here for no-fail communication. And so I would love just to uh, kick off uh, by hearing any positives that you all encountered last week in your communications. Uh, anything that you are seeing differently, hearing differently, doing differently in terms of your communications. Anybody have a great example so far? Go ahead and unmute yourself or put it in the chat box. Or does anybody have an example of a bad communication? <laughs> I had a few of those. Nobody's willing to share today? All right. Well, let me share, let me share a funny, somewhat funny uh, communication story. So, you know, one of the things, you know, I think that is, is always important when you try to improve your communication, right? Is to let the person know you're trying to improve communication. Uh, so one of the things that, um, you know, we've been doing at one of this, you know, uh, schools that I'm working at is, is that every Thursday, I send out a shout outs for the week. I'm in charge of the exceptional children's team. So I try to make sure that I hit every single, you know, person, what's something that I saw them do, you know, for the week you know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? We had set our two uh, priorities. So I set those two uh, priorities up top. Here's our, here's our progress on these two priorities. Here's who's been so critical to help me uh, get it done. And I usually use a tool called Loom. Uh, so I know we're going to be talking about tech challenges uh, today, but my Loom account, which is free uh, for five-minute videos, attaches right into my uh, Gmail. So here's one way that I feel that I'm improving with communication is I'm getting really clear on what's the goal that I'm trying to portray. And then, and then I'm using a different wave of technology to 
connect with you know with the people and then at the very end i'm like now here's here's a goal for next week right now one thing that i realized that i did not put in there was what do you do with this email do you watch it do you listen to it do you respond to it do you do something with it so i said i spent a lot of time probably 30 minutes getting this communication ready for my team <clears throat> and i was i was pretty excited about it I, you know i thought i did a good job and there it was it went out on thursday and nothing on friday nothing on saturday nothing on sunday i was like oh my gosh this is crazy did i send it did i put all the people in it did it go through and is that always not like the most embarrassing thing or it's like so when i saw them a couple of days later i said hey by chance did you get that email that I sent last week? It's like, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> that was it. Hey. So remember, communication goes both ways. So one of the important things is like, if I'm sending an electronic communication, what do I want the recipient of the email to feel, think, or do with it? It's a very, very important piece, right? We spend a lot of time using email as almost like dialogue at times. But then when we send something important and get nothing in return, in the absence of it, you know, in the absence of information, I was immediately assuming the worst. They hated it. They didn't get it. I left someone off, so they got mad. I mean, whatever it could be with that, right? So that was a good learning for me. So now I put at the bottom, or at the top and the bottom, here's what I want you to do with this email, right? Like read, right? Read and respond or, you know, whatever it may be that I want them uh, to do. So I don't know if anybody's having an example like that, but that's something that I've been realizing and working on. And if you're trying to create a culture, which is really funny because this school's culture like constantly uses email for like all communications in a, in a Google chat. And to send, send something that's actually important <laughs> and what you're hoping is like a culture changer and it gets zero response was, was really, really tough for me at first. But I didn't communicate. This is how I was gonna communicate to you, right? Or here's what to do with those messages. So constantly, constantly be learning and testing and following up and asking people about what's working and what's not working. And as we said, if the people don't do what you've asked them to do, obviously it didn't work. So you need to find out and close the gap of what they might be. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Um, hi everyone, uh, I will speak on that. I actually like using the like button on emails so that if it doesn't need a response, so you're not saying a email in someone else's email and adding more to them, mm. that instead of saying, okay, I read this, I like it, thanks for your message. That way it was giving the person who sent out that email at least like a heads up that someone did read it. Oh, tell me more. So there's a like button on emails? Is that what I just heard you say? Yeah, yeah. There's like a like button on our Outlook emails that oh. we'll, just, we'll put on there to say, hey, yeah, I like, thank you for that email. I brought it. If it doesn't need like an actual written response. Hmm. I had no idea. 
I had no idea. I love it. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Amanda. And hey, you have little ones in the back. Oh, <laughs> say hi. <laughs> hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead, Ken. Well, one of the things I was saying last week, you said uh, about 90% of our uh, speaking has to do with body language. Mm. And I thought, you know, this is one of the killers in, in uh, this uh, sending emails and those kinds of things is you have no facial expression, you have no body language. So you've got to be very verbal and, and pretty explicit in terms of what you want to do because you have, you know, as when you're talking to someone face to face, do you understand and you might repeat yourself. But when there's none of that in the email, most of our emails are pretty straightforward. We don't want to be redundant. And when we're speaking, we don't mind being a little redundant uh, because that's just how we uh, uh, have conversations. So I thought that was, uh, that's part of, that's one of the things that I, uh, we're in that, in that era where we're doing everything electronically, but uh, it's difficult to uh, get your message across with just a, a short email without, as you said, tell them what you want to do with the email, have some response. Uh, I always respond to an email. I'll put, okay, thanks. So you'll know I got it. And uh, I've got people I deal with and, you know, I have to see them the next week and say, did you get my email? Or they do what I ask them to do. But the only way I know that they did it is I was there when they were doing it. So, yeah, I love anyway. that. So yeah, I, I appreciate that thought that you had last week. Yeah, and you know, maybe that's why, Ken, I like using the Loom so much, right? I can put an easy video in there. So it does two things. One, it, it, it does let me you know, share, right, and say things over and over, maybe be a little bit redundant and, you know, recap what I'm trying to say. But two, it's actually faster, right? Because, I mean, if you think sometimes how long it sometimes takes to write an email where you're trying to get your points across, um, you know, sometimes it can take you 10, 10 to 15 minutes to really construct a good email versus I can take three to five minutes and send you a video. And so I've been doing that a lot with my virtual assistants is I'll send them a video because it actually lets you do the background of your desktop um, with what I want done, right? So I'm trying to explain something to them as well. So yeah, good. All right, I love that. And I love the like button. I didn't know there was a like button. And Amanda, I will say that I've never ever, so don't, hopefully no, no one gets offended this. I don't like anybody's post on Facebook because I don't understand it. But what you just said is that I am, communicating to you that I've seen it, right? And when I say to this, you know, because prior to them having all these other types of like emoticons, you know, someone might, you know, pass away in your family and all of a sudden it's got all these likes and it used to like, I'm like, I don't want to like something that like, I don't like, but I get it, right? I almost need like, and I get it button or I got it or I'm on it <laughs> type thing, which they might have. So I've had to change my, my ways over the last, Know, couple of months and had to succumb to the social media uh, pressures but I do want you know people to know that I have read their response um, in there so that's I guess that's the best way to do it that's the best way to do it anybody else have any thoughts on maybe the last the last week anything uh, positive come well I am totally buried what a great, what a great part of this book right here. I'm totally buried. I'm sure a lot of us feel totally buried right now, right? I mean, like, 
the school year, we're trying to crawl out of this, um, not just, you know, COVID, but we're in that valley of despair time. If you remember, like, this is the most challenging part of the school year. It's that we're done all the big vacations. It's from now until spring break or now until Easter is where the lull really starts to, to hit. But it's such an important time because you're gearing up, you know, for the end. And there's one way that we're all equal in life. There's only one way that we're all equal, and that is how much time we have. Everybody has 168 hours per week. Doesn't matter, doesn't change for anybody. Even if you flew to the West Coast and got those uh, three hours back, eventually you're gonna come back. So those three hours you're gonna lose again, right? So, but somehow some people are way better with their time than others, right? It's just, it's just a fact. You know, some, some leaders are way more proficient in how they spend their time and who they spend their time with. And I really like this part of the book because Michael starts to kind of really show you um, some other ways to be thinking about uh, how, how can I effectively use my time. Now, who protects your time? Now, not every teacher, if you're a teacher on here or, you know, maybe, you know, you know an assistant principal or maybe even a head of school and you may not have somebody, but Who's your personal assistant when it comes to protecting your time, right? Because I, because I, you know, I call this person the, the you know, the gatekeeper, right? That, like they are in a critical human being in your world. If you're a leader, uh, a positional leader of any kind, that's someone that values your time just as much as you do, right? I mean, sometimes they almost seem like they're mean, <laughs> but they have to be. Because your time as a leader needs to be focused on three things. One, what is required of you, right? These are the things that only you can and should do for yourself. Two, what does the organization get the greatest return at when you do it? And number three is reward, right? What fills your heart? Like what doesn't suck the life out of you? And you should spend 90 to 95% of your day in your reward zone, right? So one, what is required of me? Now you're responsible for everything, don't get me wrong, but what's actually required of you is something different, right? These are things only you can and should do. What does the organization get the greatest return at when you do it? So anything that can be done at 80% as well as you, delegate it. Empower someone else to do it. Get it off your daily task list. And three is your reward. Those are the three R's taught by uh, John Maxwell in the Law of uh, Priorities. And gosh, I mean, the school office can be such a vortex, can it, everybody? I mean, it's, it's overwhelming at times. This past summer actually was a blessing, right? There was no one in the building. And even though it wasn't always really good because you were kind of by yourself and you're making really hard decisions, but you may have been felt a lot more productive because there weren't so many human beings just you know, popping into your office, right? Or bringing all their problems and their challenges you know, to you. Uh, but it is critically important that you create boundaries in regard to your time, in regard to how people have access to you. And again, it sounds ugly, but it's necessary, right? Because otherwise, as it says here, at first it's nice to be wanted, then it's nice to feel important, and finally it's just exhausting. <laughs> Right. Give me an amen in the chat box or in the comment box or a like if you're like, yeah, 
I am exhausted by the end, especially if you're spending the majority of your day in a, you know, in a Zoom or in a virtual environment. It's really, really hard. So, you know, I'd like this, you know, uh, what he said here, you might be doubling your work by taking an easy path. And, and what I meant by that is sometimes in education, we take the cheapest route. We take the cheapest route to get our goals. And sometimes, you know, that cheap route, right, it's free or we'll do it ourselves and whatever that may be. And we can achieve that, but it might not be the best use of our time. And we have to be very conscious of this. You know, teachers are creative human beings. Uh, they love to find, you know, um, that innovative way to make a difference. But, you know, innovation doesn't always lead to um, time-saving activities. And when you think about a teacher, you know, gosh, there's so many teachers that I've coached that have, you know, uh, they had the perfect PowerPoints. They had an amazing written-out lesson plan. The execution was fairly shoddy. I'd much rather them spend their time preparing for the execution of the lesson and the analysis of the success of the lesson versus whether or not their PowerPoint has a moving part. You know what I mean? But we do the same thing as, you know, leaders of the organization. You know, sometimes, you know, we spend way too much time deep in the rabbit holes of things that we really, you know, really shouldn't. So I'm curious to see, and I'll give my example of what, what did I want this to look like when I was a principal, right? And it was that half of my day would be blocked off. You know, half of my day, nobody could schedule something um, because it was where I was gonna spend time in classrooms, supporting teachers, uh, working on, you know, strategic planning, whatever it may be that were part of my first R, what was required of me, and my second R, what does the organization get the greatest return when I do them? That's when I did them, right? And I really, as best as possible, uh, had my front office person um, keep people away from me during that time, right? Except the people who were supposed to be uh, with me. And that way, the other half of the day I spent, you know, putting out fires and doing whatever else I had to do. Now, did that work out every day? No, it did not. But that was certainly my goal was to make sure, um, right? And, and over time, I had conversations with individuals and I realized that the reason that I had to be pulled out of every fire was, you know, because I wasn't spending the time developing the people around me to handle the fire. And it got to a point where I was able to, hey, look, make the best decision for kids. If it's wrong, I'll take the blame and then we'll, you know, work on it later. Because it was just, I didn't want leaders, I didn't want teacher leaders to be trying to track me down, nor did I want them to rely on me for every decision, because I knew eventually I wouldn't be there anymore. So I would really love to hear anybody's, you know, uh, thoughts on like, what do you want this to look like when it looks like your day and your time and, and how and how you spend it? Has anybody ever spent the time mapping out what you want your day to look like? Tom, let me give you, I'd like to give you an example, if you could. Uh, when, I was, when I was in a school principal, what, what I did to um, make sure, it was kind of, it was school-wide, that if it was going to happen the following week, it had to be on the agenda on Friday. We send out a end-of-the-week end of bulletin, if you want to call it that, but it had everything that was coming up, and uh, department chairs and teachers of clubs and so forth. If it was not in the Friday bulletin, it didn't happen the next week. 
I don't care if you came to me and begged, uh, you know, you got to have, you got to do this. We didn't do it. Uh, you had to be planned enough. And I, I found that that uh, cut back on a lot of people having to stop by my office and ask me questions about, can we do this? They finally got across that this is what we, this is what we're going to do. The other thing that uh, to pr protect your time, uh, a lot of people who, uh, when they check, were checking out, um, leaving for the week and so forth, a lot of them want to stop by the office to say goodbye to the principal. But what they really were doing were leaving their monkeys there. <laughs> and so they wanted me to tend their monkeys all weekend till they got back and picked them up. And so I got to the point where I knew how to defend myself about having to keep monkeys all weekend. And if y'all not sure what that means, I'm sure uh, I can explain a little more, but uh, everybody want to leave their problems, school problems with me. I could handle them. I could handle them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they come back and pick them up on Monday. So those are some things that you have to begin to realize in terms of protecting your time, I think, as a leader. Yeah, I mean, I really love that, Dr. Benton. And it makes me think about um, up there on page 105 when he's got that script for, you know, mastering the positive no, you know. Uh, and I hear you with that. Like, there's lots of times I've almost asked, when you bring me that issue, are you looking for affirmation or information? Tell me, tell me what you want or what, you know, if you came, if I came to you with the same problem, what would you, what would you tell me to do? And nine times out of 10, they have a really you know, good answer. And I'll say, did you try that? Well, no. Well, why don't you go do that and let me know how it goes, <laughs> right? I mean, we have to, we have to, as leaders, you have to coach people to think for themselves right? They have to have clear direction, just like I heard you say, right? There has to be some sort of box in which they're operating. And when the, 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 the clearer everybody is on the purpose and vision and goals of the organization, the easier that monkey is to um, send back, right? Because you're just like, well, how does that, tell me how that aligns to our goals? Oh, it doesn't. All right, well, why don't you put it in the parking lot for another time? Because right now that's not that's not what we're working on. It's a great idea. I love it. It's just maybe not for us right now. You know, so that's, you know, going out with that kind of, that start with a yes, state, state, you know, with a firm no and circle back, right? You know, circle, find a way to make that useful. Um, because I have also learned that when you don't get feedback on things, it's usually because your people don't think that you're listening either. <laughs> but they're certainly willing to drop all their problems. How about anybody else uh, um, on it? That, those were some good examples, Dr. Ben. Thanks. Anybody else want to share on that? That first part of chapter eight? I mean, it really comes down to that having a personal communication strategy, right? You know, Ken, I mean, that's really what, like, who needs access to me? How should I communicate to everybody? I mean, you really need to have clarity around this and communicate that because I think that's important because if you don't communicate your communication strategy, people will just think you're a jerk. <laughs> Most people think I'm a jerk anyway, but I'm really, really working on it. I promise everyone, I promise. Natalie, any thoughts? I don't know. One thing that I think you helped me out with earlier in the year is, uh, you know, I have a really small school and uh, everybody feels like they need to talk to me about everything. And so I have some key people who are not admin, but just like teacher leaders or different roles. 
So I just started scheduling time for different groups and different people so that they're not just interrupting me constantly. And we have a board where they put like the issues that they want to talk about. Um, Great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I remember that that issue. And what a great strategy that you all, you know, came up with, right? You came up with a, a communication plan. This is when we'll talk about that, right? Unless the school's on fire. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like every single kid issue, every, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some of it I don't need to know about, but. Everybody's problem is your problem, right? In a way, until we equip them. Right. to handle it right the way we would want and if it doesn't go the way we want it's okay right yeah and that's probably the part i could get better at now is like taking the next step with it mm -hmm. yeah i love it yeah because i mean when you think about this this attention residue is everything it's it's not just our phones but it's also people right i mean if you and i love it um i don't know the impact of interruption is longer than the 30 seconds it takes to check your phone or the 30 seconds for, you know, someone to check in. It's like 20 to 30 minutes at times to get you back on track. And when I read that, you know, again, over the weekend, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so bad. I need to put my phone up. It needs to be away. I don't need to check something. I don't need to look at something. It's just an internal pro pro procrastination. It's really all it is. I'm just avoiding whatever the task is maybe there's something better here on facebook that i can get you know buried in um yeah so that's that's an important piece but and the more you all teach your staff and your team about these concepts and these principles the better you're going to help them in their life you know do it you know do it in a positive way about attention residue i mean when i when we get to I mean, when i started researching that uh that the average employee spends two and a half hours a day looking for things. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, yeah, I've been there. I mean, that's a whole day a week, a whole day per week. Um, just looking for stuff, just looking for stuff. And life is too short. We spend, I think it's 10% of our lives waiting. Life's too short for this guy, Natalie. I spend a lot of time looking for emails that I, uh, you know, know that I need to get back to, or uh, even though I have a system, it it still takes a lot of time. Yeah. And papers. What is your system for Google the box? I mean, I have different folders that I put and put things in. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't work perfectly. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we switched to full Google here, and we used to. I used to have Outlook, and it was great. And once I switched to Google, I had the hardest time of like organizing and finding things. And I'm back on the mend again, um, but you're right. It can be hard and our Google Drive is a mess, which made me think like, that's one of my strategies. I'm gonna go hire someone to help us because when I think about the amount of time lost for our company in looking for things and the frustration that I feel for looking for things, like that too is an attention residue, right? All these things are wearing you out. They're all wearing you out, everybody. Not to depress anybody, listen, <laughs> but they are. All these things are impacting us. So there's that master to positive no, right? That script on page 105. So I was wondering, they may have a good example of, of, um, of this mastering the no. I thought uh, Michael did a really good job. It was, um, I think someone asked him for work, right? Let me pull to page 105 here. And um, 
my wife is cooking right now and it's really just got me all distracted. Uh, start with yes, right? So say yes to yourself, stay yes, say yes to yourself and protecting what's important to you. This should also include affirming the other person. You don't want to shame others for thinking of you as a possible solution to their problem. One example is someone will find me in the hallway and I'll go, oh my gosh, you look like you have something so important to tell me right now. I'm actually just about to go into this room to go check on a teacher. Can you schedule a time with me, right? Or can we meet at X time? Just, you know how to book it on my calendar, go ahead and do it, right? So start with a yes, because the yes is about me. I don't want to get in you know, someone's vortex right now because I got other things to do. State the firm no, right? Offer a matter of fact no that's clear and sets boundaries. Do not leave any wiggle room or ambiguity. Do not leave open the possibility that you might be able to do it, right? At that time, and Michael's book says another time, right? He's talking about that booking something. You aren't doing anyone favors by making the person you might help later if you know that they probably won't or can't, right? So start with yes, say yes to yourself, state a firm no, right? So for me, in my example, it's no at this time, but we have time for that, right? We have set time for meeting, we have set time for time with teachers. And odds are, right, Dr. Benton, they're not gonna schedule that time and nor they, you know, uh, probably forgot about it, right? It's just about, <laughs> they're like, oh, it was nothing. It was, okay, you know, cause you were just about to like stop me in the hallway. I had three kids and do whatever else. Like you saw me there. Um, and this is maybe one of the reasons I remember this uh, superintendent, he was a former principal of, uh, of a high school that I was a baseball coach at. Every time you saw him walk by, he had his head down. He never made eye contact, but then I became a principal and I realized why he didn't to make eye contact because every one you make eye contact thinks that you want to talk to them. <laughs> and then the last one is circle back to yes. End the response by affirming the relationship again and by offering another solution, right? So my other solution was schedule time on my calendar, right? It might be introducing them to, you know, someone else who does something or whatever it may be, right? So your time is your time. And if you start allowing everybody else to book time, on you that you don't want to spend time with them, then that's your poor choice. Tom, I think another thing too is the um, call the chain of command. A lot of times I got questions about things that were actually assigned to someone else. And of course my question was, have you talked to Mr. So-and-so about this? And I think sometimes people jump and jump the line, if you will, and get, want to get to you because you're the head man when it actually this has already been addressed and delegated to someone else. And so yeah, I think that's one way you have to, that's one of the no's and yes, I appreciate you asking me, but here's this, I think you can find the answer there. He, that person, he or she's in charge of it. So uh, you can get ambushed in the hall really, really easy. And you better, you better be ready for it because uh, you know, when, when you're walking down the halls, uh, are you walking in the classrooms? Surely, uh, I have a question for you, but it, and you can, you can respond to it right then, or you can keep your communication and say, basically, this is not how it's done. This is not the culture we have here. Listen, school leaders, current, future, you just heard gold right there from Dr. Benton. He said, right, he just took you back through, make sure you have a communication protocol. 
and clear channels of who's responsible for what, because otherwise people will continue to just come to you. And the more you respond to them, the more that they're going to come to you. And that, that right there is attention residue. Now, be conscious of it because they might be telling you something like you're not paying enough attention to me, right? Or I'm not confident in my role. Something's going on there if people are coming to you over and over and over again. It's important that you find out how come you came to me? Why are you asking me this question? Did you go to the finance director? Have you taken that step yet, right? You gotta know what they're thinking because nine times out of 10, and you could disagree with me if you want, I think they know the answer and I think they know where they're supposed to go. They just want time with you. <laughs> so be conscious of that. Be conscious of that, that's, that's important. And I, I love that ad in there, Dr. Benton, that was great. So how are you going to get better, everybody? On the, I you know, realize I didn't put the page numbers on this uh, study guide section. I'll fix that. And I'm sorry, but I think it's maybe page 10 or 11. But there's four or five you know, questions here, like what are the best practices or strategies from chapter eight are you going to implement? You know, what are some ideas you're going to you know, try? How will you improve? How will you communicate more and, and not less? Like what communication standards will you set up? It's, it's good intentions to buy this book and be a part of the study and to get the resources. But the only way you're gonna get better is by evaluative experience and actually testing and trying things. I mean, that's really what the key is. So if you haven't taken the time to go through those specific questions, do it, right? And write yourself your personal mini action plan based upon every chapter in this book. To be honest, you could go back and read this book multiple times and do that work, right? Or, you know, Dr. Benton gave a couple ideas. Natalie gave a couple ideas. I shared a couple ideas. Uh, Natalie, uh, or no, it was uh, Amanda gave us a great idea about the liking, right? It's about communicating to your team how you're communicating, um, right? One of the you know, one of the examples I'll give uh, when we're in the E, you know, the E part is is about how how I used to send emails. I used to teach my team. If it had a number one next to it, that meant that read it right now. If it had a number two, it was, you know, read it for later, but it's, it's important. If it had a three or four, it had, you know, different codes, right? It was just an FYI or something to that effect, or I'm just, you know, sharing an idea. But you can create internal codes uh, to really, really help your team out. So let's finish off by talking about e-organization. We, we, we spend a little bit of a couple minutes here. So I'm really curious, what is everybody's pain points when it comes to e-organization? Natalie shared with us trying to find important emails, right? And I know one of the, one of the thoughts, you know, Natalie, that I used a couple of years ago, and if you're in North Carolina, and, and, you know, I mean, no matter what state you're in or wherever you're at, there's, you know, you probably get emails from, the uh, Department of Public Instruction. So I always used to say, well, how can we send all those emails to like one email address? So when I took over the school this uh, past year, like I couldn't, like the number and the volume of emails was wearing out my email box between the parents and teachers and DPI and, and then the invoices because I was the finance director. So I created an email address for all those people. <laughs> so if you had an invoice, send it to, you know, um, finance at, 
you know, Miller.org, right? If it was, if it was a, um, you know, DPI like thing, it was to like info at, you know, Miller Academy, like, I mean, whatever it was, but every different um, contributor to information had a, had an email. And then I would train staff members to go into those emails and execute, you know, whatever was needed. And that was one way that I slowed down the barrage of email communication um, to this school. Uh, and then the other piece was put some norms because they used Google chat. I said, well, can we put some norms around it? Like when will we use it? When won't we use it? Um, because if we're putting important information into Google chat, like that's gonna be really hard because the Google chat has all these kind of different threads. Uh, so we had to help them establish some, some norms around their communication. Um, so what other pain points did you write down? Everybody, anybody else have one? I think you said this already, but finding Google Docs or, mm. um, you know, I forget my organization system. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, right? Like, what, did we, what did we call something? What file did we put it in? What version of it is it? Is it our latest version or? With me, it's like a lot of this stuff gets restricted somehow. And then like, you know, then I share it and like the person can't open it. And then I got to go back and fix it. I'm like, oh, I hate this. Drives me. All that stuff takes time. Attention residue. I love that new terminology, attention residue. Like we're just like eroding our brains from, from all these things. That's really, yeah, great examples, Natalie. Yeah, whether you've got Dropbox or Google Drive. And which was funny for our company, we had stuff in Google Drive because Jeff, who was my uh, teammate, was a Google guy, and I was a Droid guy, so I had stuff in Dropbox. So then we had the same documents in two different places all the time. It was just irritating, uh, you know, because I'm like, well, you can't, you can't do all the things in Drive that you can through Word, right? But um, Google's gotten a lot better with that. Here's one thing. If someone can help me fix this problem, I've got a gift card for you. I have an iMac, and uh, I, you know, inherited it from you know, Jeff when, when, when he took his principal job. And somehow my Dropbox will not sync to where all my files go. So I can never attach something that's in my Dropbox. I have to download it from my Dropbox, put it on my hard drive, and then attach it. If someone's willing to spend 10 minutes on a share with me around the world and fix that, I've got a gift card for you. So you just email me at tom at lbleaders.com. How do I fix that problem? Because uh, that's one that just drives me crazy. I, I, I don't know. It used to be there, and I did an update or something, and now it's gone. I cannot get it there where it will attach something for me. So that's a big pain point for me. Uh, I have a whole list of them, but I don't want to take up everybody's time with my, with my e-problems. And I think the number one thing, right, was how much time we all spend looking for things. So I want everybody to be conscious of how long does it take me to find a file, right? Or how am I spending times recreating files because I can't find, you know, the original. Um, so I'm going to talk, if, if you're in our uh, school leader community, a Facebook page, there's a colleague of mine, her name's Barbara, and she does training on e-organization. I'm going to see if she wouldn't be willing to come in and do something for us again uh, about how to do that. So 49% of their time looking for things, 43% trouble with the format of the 
of the, no, I'm sorry, 33% of the format of the document and 43% trouble with like just opening the document. Like this was a recent, you know, survey that they did like of, of front office, you know, staff, you know, people and employees. 49% said that they had a, a hard time finding things. Could you imagine if half of your staff, I mean, that's half of our staff. That's actually 100% of our staff here at Leaders Building Leaders. We only have three employees and they will probably all agree that I don't know where anything is. 43% have trouble with the docs, right? So it just makes me think about, are you getting training for your front office team? Are you training your staff members on, like if you're a Google person, like are you, you know, getting them trained on Google Classroom and, and Google Drive and really helping people feel confident? Because the one thing that, you know, most folks don't want to feel is that, is incompetent at their job. Yet we all will be promoted into incompetence at some point of our lives. That's the Peter principle. So what are you doing as a leader to ensure that you know, people feel competent in their work and feel good about working with you? So what were some of the tech tools uh, that you identified that would be a good add-on. The couple that I talked about were Loom, L-O-O-M. And um, I don't know how I came about it, uh, but then it synced to my Gmail and it's a, it's a free service for me right now. Um, and I think I can pay for it and I don't think it's a lot of money, uh, but it's how I'm able to embed videos. And as soon as the video is watched, I get an email response is saying that your video has been watched doesn't say by who, but it just says that someone actually physically opens. That's one tool. Um, I also use Schedule Once, and some of you may have used that, and that's a tool that links to my calendar. And so if someone wants to schedule time to talk to me, um, they can go to our website. In the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says uh, Schedule a Quick Call. And they click on that, and it instantly goes to my calendar. And I think I pay less than $200 for the entire year to not have to deal with the, what time are you available? Are you available at this time? Like the back and forth email, right? What, you know, and I just say, hey, why don't you click on this link and schedule the time that best meets you? And you get to create what times you're available. How exciting is that, everybody? You tell them when you're available and when you're not available and it lines directly to your calendar. And so if you've already got something booked for that time, it will not book another session. It helps you build white space in between your time and your meetings and all those other parts. So those are two tools that I would recommend uh, that I've been using lately to help solve problems. What else is out there that everybody was willing to try? Sometimes I just have to go low tech. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> like I'll print something out and, um, you know, put it on my door. Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know, that, I guess that's just, you know, kind of the way I think. Um, I like to have, like if I have a big deadline and there's instructions or, yep. you know, something that I need, to be able to accomplish it, I'll just like tack it right up there on a 
big calendar. It's up in front, right? It's in the forefront. I see it there looming. I see you. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That works for you, then it's good. <laughs> now, one of the tools when you're talking about a project that we use is called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. It's also free. And it's a project management system where uh, our virtual assistants are in the Philippines, actually. And so any project that we have, um, it's really easy. I just schedule a project and I put what the parameters around it. I can attach files. I can put videos. I can do whatever I want to show it. And then so then they see it and then they move it from the um, task to the doing, right? And then to the ready for checkoff, right? And that's when I get notified and I go in there and I make sure the task is done and I click it done. I mean, I don't spend more than an hour a month um, with my virtual assistants in a call and they do a tremendous, they probably do about a hundred hours a month for us um, in terms of, you know, minor tasks. I pay them $10 an hour. It's very amazingly reasonable rate and they do great work. If you've seen any of our graphics and things, I mean, if you think that they're nice, well, they're the ones doing them. I'm not. Um, right. So, so that's one way that you could work with your team and manage projects. Another one that reminded me here is Slack. And we use Slack um, and, and we have a, a, a Slack channel here in the school leadership community. Um, if you're not on it, I'll you know, make sure I put the link in. So this is just another way to communicate internally um, through, it's kind of like a text message, but it's more of a you know, thread and anybody can be included on it. Again, you can add you know, files, uh, but I see a lot of people using this. I have not been part of a great Slack usage yet. So it's still a tool that I'm, that I'm learning how to use, but it's very convenient. Um, works on any phone or app and a computer. Um, and it's how we keep track of our weekly action steps uh, through our um, inner circle. So those are a couple of the tools that I've started using this year that I really like. Um, and I think there's always great things out there. Anybody else have one to share? So just like in life, there's two lists, right? Well, most of us have a to-do list, but the most important list that a lot of us don't have is a stop doing list. And when I read this part about the file hygiene, I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. So I told Natalie, I think it was you I told earlier, in the month of the first week of March, I'm going to do a, a cleansing of the files uh, for us and do a file hygiene. And, and I'm going to... Um, one of my action steps is to go hire someone to train our team how to like organize all of our electronic files. And uh, I think that's going to be my action step coming out of this uh, sub section of the book is I don't know what I don't know. And I know that there's better strategies and I know that I don't want to spend a lot of my time waiting or finding things. <laughs> that's for darn sure. Uh, so that's going to be my um, apply change and teach out of here is is that right apply the uh, strategies of saving time building some automated emails um, we automate a lot of our emails from our um, you know server um, i just learned and i i knew that it happened but i didn't really know how to happen but you you know you can schedule all of your social media posts through a tool called buffer so i started to do that and um, most of the emails if you're part of our email list they're all 
for the most part, um, you know, scheduled in advance. So automating things has really, really impacted my life in a positive way. Um, so the more you can automate, and I want to make sure that, you know, as an organizational leader, you have to invest in the tools that are going to help you save your time. So there's a lot of you using like free versions of MailChimp and things like that. And they just don't do enough for you. Like, it, gosh, I just wish it did one more thing. Invest a few hundred dollars and you think about the time saved and versus like, you know, not having the way to like bring all of your emails into one place and communicate out of one place and really help you save time. I've really got you know to encourage you if you're if you're the budget developer of your team, put a couple thousand dollars per year in your budget for tools, you know, tools to save time because the more time that they save, actually, the better business that you're uh, going to have. And take that data. I'm going to find an article where I found that 2.5 hours per per week and uh, the 49% of the people who can't find stuff, like just use that and go, you know, go to your boards or to your team. Like, Hey, I really think we need to invest in someone to teach us how to do this better and to use a uh, better tool. So hopefully you know, coming out of this, uh, that's, that's, that's a mindset that you'll be open to is, you know, finding experts and expert tools and that investing in yourself and in your people by um, you know, getting tools that work. So how about you all? Is there any action step? What's a good action step for you, Natalie? What are you gonna work towards? I think I have too many other action steps to, to add on to my action step. What's, what's something you're willing to try for a week or, or a look into? I don't know. I gotta think about it more. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Dr. Ben, do you have an action step for next week? Well, I'm working on some uh, things for my, my group that I lead and uh, in terms of communicating with them. Uh, I have a meeting uh, next, next Sunday afternoon and there's some points that I want to make and I want to be sure that uh, those points are well delivered. Uh, it's a matter of spending some money and uh, you know how that always goes when you're getting ready to spend money. And so uh, I'm working on that, uh, Tom, more than anything else is the delivery of, uh, of, the, of the agenda, if you will, uh, to a group of men and uh, who have the right to say yes or no. Yeah, and a great way to have this conversation, everybody, is the stakes, right? So what's the benefit, right? What is the, what is the benefit you know, we're gonna get? So save time, clear messages, more time to think, right? More time with our families, better health, whatever it is, the benefits. And then what's at stake, right? And you can take that, take that data, like how much time does it take us to find things? How much time does it take us to transfer emails from one side to the other? I mean, when I first started this uh, business, I used to send like, all these individual emails and I used to cut and paste and oh my, it was so much extra work I was doing. And I know as educators, we love to tinker and we love to create new, you know, results, but it, it doesn't always serve us very well. It doesn't serve us. And we only get one shot on this big blue rock. So let's, let's you know, spend that time doing what, what you know, we love, not what, what you know, we loathe, right? <laughs> Whether we love. Is there anybody else on the call who's here live, who's got an action step that they wanna share or a, a tech tool that has really changed their life? I'm really excited about this tech tool piece. I think we should start a, 
start a thread on this? What are some tools out there? Because there's so much. Nobody? All right. Well, listen, good job this week. Thanks for coming out on, on your holiday. Um, we got one more session uh, next week of this book, the No Fail Communication book. Um, one thing that I definitely wanted to do is I wanted to make sure we spent some time going through the, um, the uh, resources. You know, when you bought the book, if you bought it, you know, Michael Hyatt, you know, gave you a couple of scripts. And the two scripts that I put in a download were that vision, um, you know, the uh, vision reality outcome and, and the frame the feedback, right? How do you, how do you frame uh, feedback? So let me just pull uh, these up real quick. We'll talk about, I need to click on them first so it comes up on my screen. Let me see here. So frame your feedback was the one. So come back here, share screen, so many pieces. So I really like this, this uh, frame the uh, feedback and I'm, I'm gonna be doing a training uh, on Friday as well that's gonna really help people script out um, their uh, responses. And, and so, you know, I built this off of uh, uh, Michael Hyatt's, you know, you know, I think his was a vision gap opportunity or something, right? And, and so, you know, the vision is, is what would I like to see happen, right? So when you're communicating, when you're communicating um, to somebody, you need to have clarity in what it is that you wanted them to do. What is it, the result that you wanted to get, okay? So easy, here's what I would like to have seen happen. You could just start your conversation with that. Here's what I would have hoped to see happen, right? I would have hoped that, um, that you would be at your door greeting students at 7.30. And then the next part is the reality. Well, here's what actually happened. I walked by your classroom at 7.32 and you were not at your front door, you were in your classroom. Now, you have two choices at this point. You could ask a question. Help me understand how come you weren't at your door at 7.30, right? And just listen, whatever they had to say. And then the O is, well, here's, here's, here's what I want you to do, right? Here's how you can improve for next time. You know, let's say that their excuse was, you know, that they came in late or they had a lot of things that they had to, you know, file or, or the printer was jammed, right? So the opportunity is, okay, so for next time, what can you do differently, right? You can ask them, you could coach them to come to their own response, or you could directly tell them. <laughs> you need to have, you need to be at the store at 730 for the safety and the security of all children. It's the expectation of all of our staff because when you're not at your door at 7.30, that makes this, you know, you know a teacher, uh, Dr. Benton over here, now he has to cover two classes, right? Or he has to watch the entire hallway by himself, whatever it may be, right? So the vision, here's what I would like to see happen and make sure they understand why. Uh, the reality, this is what actually happened. And the opportunity is here's how you can improve, right? And you could, you know, next week we'll spend a little bit more time, but you know, it's really important that you get really clear on what it is that you want to share, what did you want them to do, and tell them exactly what happened. Don't, don't use assumptions, don't use subjective information, I heard, right? 
it's 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 exactly what you know uh, verbatim uh what was the reality because otherwise words matter and they will turn your words against you because they're really good at it okay so we'll spend more time on that scripting next week but i want you to have a copy of it the other piece is the empowerment worksheet right so this is this is a nice and easy way that if you've got tasks that you're working towards that you know you want to start empowering people right so remember i said required return reward so if there's something that someone can do as 80% as well as you can this is the tool this empowerment worksheet to set your people up for for huge success is what you can use right so i'm i'm assigning tom the responsibility of uh, paying the monthly invoices so what does success look like on this assignment what goal does it align to right you're just basically scripting out all the expectations what are all the tasks that you do when is the project due how often is it due how does this fit with other priorities this is your internal document this is not to be shared at this point this is you thinking through the what the when the where the why the who some strategies some you know how to do it like everything that you can provide in terms of a project now you're like oh my gosh tom i don't have the time to write all this out you don't have to write it out you can take this sheet here and you can record yourself talking through right or explaining or modeling you, you can record yourself on zoom or on google meets or any other tool and record yourself going through all of this right so now you have a training tool for your people <laughs> another uh you know program that i bought is called otter otter ai and I think it was $99, but it's a transcription tool. So everything that I record, I have it transcribed. So then, you know, someone will, you know, spend the time and go through and, you know, fix, because it's not 100% perfect, but it's another way you can transcribe yourself going through these questions and building out a standing operating procedure for all these tasks that just take up your time. Okay, so this is the empowerment worksheet. It's another great tool for you. And what I love at the bottom here is how do you stay engaged? Okay, so um, what are the benchmarks, right? When are you going to stay engaged with this employee, right? What are you going to check on early on? Is it in the middle? Is it in the last steps? Like, you know, depending on how quality that, you know, person is and the training that you've put them through depends on how much you stay engaged. Right. With some people, you're going to want to check in within 24 hours or maybe even a couple hours. Some people you might not check until the middle of the project. And some the, you know, you may trust to the point and say, hey, just, you know, before you get to this last step, come and show it to me. OK. And um, now when you debrief, it's important because you want to know um, how you can improve your communication. So, you, you know, you can ask them right like how how well did i communicate this to you how could i have communicated it differently to you there's all these questions that you're asking for feedback from the person you empowered so you can get a better understanding of the communication and personality styles of all of them so hopefully you took a time to download these two and i, I really highly encourage you to start using thinking sheets and communication templates to be able to empower um, your uh, people. So I'll make sure next Monday that we that we practice these a little bit more 
um, and make sure. But I didn't know, has anybody had a chance to use these tools yet? Do they look helpful to you? Would you maybe be able to use them? Natalie, like I'm thinking this is, you know, something, you know, for you, you know, uh, yeah, um, they should be in the last email that you got, um, anybody. So, um, and I'll make sure that I resend them with the archives and I'll actually put them in the archive videos too, just a way. And I'm gonna keep on adding uh, communication templates in there because I got a couple more for the training that I'm doing this upcoming Friday that I'll add there. But I mean, really important to uh, think through because, you know, you know, we all think about empowering people I'm like, oh, it's so long. I gotta train them all and they're not gonna get it right. And you're right, they're not gonna get it right the first time. But if it takes you 20 minutes to do it every time and you do it a hundred times in a year, by my math, that's like 20,000 minutes or 200,000, no, it's like 2,000 minutes, right? But if you take a couple hours to train them every month, like you're saving time, like you're saving time off of your, your, your workload and you're engaging your people at a higher level. So. Um, Amanda said, oh, great. So she's using the VRO and the PLC. Yeah, you could use it in all things. I love it. Yeah, so that's a great tool. And I think I'm going to expand it after this week, Amanda, too, and build that question listening part in there after the reality. Because I think that's important when you're, when you're communicating to somebody and you're trying to close the gap on their results. You, coaching has to be part of the conversation. It has to be in there. And asking coaching questions will help me understand, like, how come you did it this way? Or, like, what did I communicate that made you think that? Uh, so you can get there. So, great. I love it. So those are a couple of the resources that I want to share with you. And, again, um, you can get those by grabbing the last email uh, or email me at tom at lbleaders.com if you would like a copy of those master communication series because uh, they're all part of that master communication series program that we have. So if you're listening in on the archive and did not get the email or you're not part of this no-fail communication session, I would love to share it with you. So, all right, everybody, it's dinner time and you guys have hung in there with me really well. Thanks, thanks for coming on live today and thanks for listening to the archive if you're out there and uh, be sure to tune in for our last session of this uh, training uh, next Monday. And I just announced we're going to be in March, we're going to be doing What Great Principles Do Differently by Todd Whitaker. And so we're going to actually take two months on that book because it's a because it's a little, it's not longer, but there's a lot more chapters and a lot more content. And if we do it long enough, Natalie, maybe we can somehow get Todd, uh, Todd Whitaker to uh, come <laughs> on a session. Right? We can all tweet him and say, hey, Todd, we're all reading your book together. Would you come and spend 15 minutes with us? So great. All right, everybody. Have a magnificent week. Love you all. Go get some. Go get some of your time back. Bye-bye. Thank you.